Are you aware you're under subpoena? Yes. I'm also aware that the lives of two Marines are in your hands. If there was something I could do about that, I would, but since I can't, all I can do is help you, Lieutenant. What do you know? I know everything. Was it a code red? Yes. Did Kendrick give the order? Yes. Did you witness it? I didn't need Did to. Did you wit witness it? No. And how do you know? I know. He was never going to be transferred off that base. Jessup was going to keep him on the base. He said he wanted him trained. You've got the transfer order. It's got your signature. Yeah, I know. I signed him the morning you arrived in Cuba, five days after Santiago died. There was no flight at 11 o'clock. What are you trying to pull? The first flight stateside left Guantanamo Bay at 2300. It arrived at Andrews Air Force Base, Maryland, at a few minutes past two in the morning. Really? Then why isn't it listed in the tower chief's log? Jessup. What are you telling me? He fixed the logbook? Well, maybe he can make it so a plane didn't take off, but I can sure as hell prove that one landed. I'll get the logbook from Andrews. You're not going to find anything in the Andrews logbook either. He can make an entire flight disappear? Nathan Jessup is about to be appointed director of operations for the National Security Council. You don't get to that position without knowing how to sidestep a few landmines. Everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Opened up with that scene from A Few Good Men, because I think it uh, talks about, hey, you know, you you don't get to be the the head of the National Security Conference, uh, National Security, whatever they called it, the NSC, um, without knowing how to sidestep a few landmines. If you if you've seen A Few Good Men, and hopefully if you uh, if you're alive that you've taken the time to watch that movie at least to 10 times because it's that good. And uh, one of my personal favorites because of how much is there is in there to learn about lawsuits, the military, everything that goes on, uh, some good and some bad. But, you know, the fact that uh, Colonel Jessup, who was Jack Nicholson, uh, made a uh, an airplane disappear from the tower tower chief's logs in Guantanamo Bay and disappear from the uh from uh Andrews Air Force Base in Maryland uh to cover up that there was another flight that they could have put this uh, marine on before he actually uh, died going through a code red anyway it's uh i just think it's it's fitting in what we're seeing Joe Biden go on uh, go through with now he, he's not smart enough to side sidestep anything he did stuff that probably probably most people do. He didn't have the authority to do it, and he wasn't smart enough to make sure his uh, tracks were covered up. And, of course, uh, we're going to talk about this in the second half. 
Um, but, you know, then there's speculation. Did somebody plant this? And, oh, the Republicans plant it. No, nah, more than likely it was the Democrats. Anyway, but uh, probably or maybe just Joe's just that dumb and uh, highly likely. So anyway, that song was Lights Out by Lisa Marie Presley, who we lost on Thursday. Um, we lost her a cardiac arrest. And, of course, everyone's speculating about why she'd go through cardiac arrest, 54 years old, seemingly seemingly healthy person. Um, but who knows? Who knows for sure? There's speculation about uh, vaccines and speculations that maybe it was just drugs. And uh, But Lisa Marie Presley, Elvis's only daughter, and that was the only song I can remember her uh, her having that was a seemed to have been a hit back in 2003. Actually, couldn't even remember it. I just had to I had to search it search it out because I said I remember she had one that was the music videos were on TV all the time and I recognized the video. So anyway, uh, rest in peace, Lisa Marie Presley. Uh, so anyway, we're gonna go into what everything else that's gone on in this country and there's so much going on. You know, uh, I think uh, Democrats. Democrats fought hard to keep from losing the House and losing the Senate. I think they were successful. Obviously, they were successful in in uh, cheating us out of having the whole the whole uh, country, just like they cheated us out of the White House in uh, in 2020. And uh, now, just even just having one little piece of that of that little triangle there, um, we're seeing some payback go on with the Republicans getting control. And I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about it a lot. Through the whole uh, through the whole show today, but first let me introduce myself. For those of you that don't know, my name is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities in real estate that are real estate that are coming around that are showing up now, in the fact that uh, there's bargains out there, sellers are getting a little bit more desperate, and it, this will probably continue. Great time to buy a house, and uh, remember when you buy a house today. You're married to the house. You're not married to the loan. So don't worry about the fact that the rates are high because they will come down and there may be great opportunities to find the perfect house for you, whether that's in California and any other state. Call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. You know, I had a guy call me, uh, Mike from Lake Arrowhead, called me and he said, hey, you always say if you want to talk to someone who thinks like you, uh, then call me. And he goes... I've got a I've got a little uh, situation that I want to discuss with you, and he said, uh, well, "I'm going to take you to the, I'm put you to the test." So we were on the phone for about um, three or five minutes before he said, "Okay, those are two ideas that no one I've talked to has come up with," and then we f- went further. So anyway, uh, test me if you want to if you want a uh, mortgage person to give you some uh, advice that thinks different than the rest of them. Call me eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. If you don't want to, t- if you don't want to go on the phone just yet, you want to do this the cyber way. Go to edhoffman.net, click on the United American Mortgage logo, and uh, open yourself up a little uh, account. Put in your uh, passwords and all that stuff, and then give me as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back, and I'll help you find the uh, the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Whether that's refinancing a piece of property you own or buying a piece of property you'd like to own or looking into one of those reverse mortgage things everybody's talking about find get in touch with me and I'll help you I'll help you figure out what's the best for you um, if you want to hear any part of the show repeated or you missed it on the radio times you can stay on edhoffman.net click on the podcast podcast page you can hear this show as well as several past shows 
and listen to them on demand. And uh, if you missed the show, it's because you didn't try. Um, you can also get the podcast show podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can uh, subscribe for free and have it have it uh, download to your device, whether that's your uh, your computer, your phone, or your iPad, your mini pad, your maxi pad, your uh, iPod, uh, any of those things, um, and you could uh, listen to it on demand. Um, so uh, if you have comments on the show, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net. Okay, so uh, I think that's enough. We can start talking about what's going on in this country. So as we discussed, Kevin McCarthy is now the now the Speaker of the House, which was the whole show last week. Uh, since we're all sick of hearing how it happened and who changed their vote to who in rounds five through 15, let's get on to the actual business of the House. The first order of business was to pass the rules package that will govern how the House of Representatives conducts itself for the next two years. As we all know from the events of last week, the new rules package will allow for a single lawmaker to force a vote on vacating the Speaker's chair. In other words, hey, one person can say, let's vote on it can let's vote on getting rid of the Speaker of the House. And that doesn't mean that one vote gets rid of them, but that's that's uh, that's how it gets started. Let's not waste time explaining that in more detail again. There are many more interesting uh, details in the rules package, like making it harder to raise taxes or spend federal money, making it easier for Republicans to conduct the investigations we'd all like to see, and we got a new one this week, and hopefully putting a stop to the endless Trump-related investigations that have wasted America's time for the past five years. Here's a scoop on some big things the Republican-led House hopes to accomplish with this new rules package. Number one, reining in spending and taxes. The package imposes rules to limit spending, like blocking legislation that would increase mandatory social spending, also known as, no more handouts, folks. Time to get a job. In addition, the Republicans are also requiring a supermajority of the vote of the House to raise taxes. A supermajority is 290 out of 435 instead of just 218. Requiring that all new legislation must be judged on whether it could contribute to inflation, like all government spending does. And adopting the Holman Rule, which allows them to use the spending, spending bills to defund specific programs and fire federal officials or reduce their pay. So they get all these they get all these new new programs. They hire all these new people. They spend all this money, and sometimes it 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 takes a uh, a ch- it takes a, a blow to us taxpayers, us workers, and uh, people lose their jobs. But now, but they always they always seem to get get paid. And of course, even when the government runs out of money and they have to uh, increase the the uh, the debt limit, um, the the Congress people and senators, they still get paid, but their staffs don't. So maybe uh, maybe it's time to, hey, as long as this thing is stuck, you guys don't get paid. As long as we don't have a balanced budget, you guys don't get paid. That would be the first start. And, of course, uh, if we have time, we'll talk about the Energy Department and what a waste of money that is, And uh, starting with the Energy Secretary. But let's go on to, let's go on to the rest of the things that that's the new rules does. The new rules package could hamper investigations by this office of congressional ethics. Why do we want new Republican majority to slow down ethics investigations? Because the old Democrat majority only investigated Republicans, namely President Trump. So there's a new rule that imposes term limits for members who sit on the ethics committee. So there's five Republicans and five Democrats on the ethics committee. The new term limits would actually force out three Democrats right now. So I'm assuming that 
it'll remain five Democrats and five Republicans, although uh, that didn't happen on the January 6th committee when they forced out the Republicans that we wanted and just uh, left the two rhinos in, uh, Cheney and, and Adam Kinzinger. Democrats don't like any of this because they're trying to open up yet another January 6th investigation. As if, uh, as if we haven't seen enough of their, uh, of their, uh, their carefully edited videos to show the stuff and, and talk about how uh, Capitol Police died at the hands of protesters when we know that's absolutely not true. Open new investigations. So the next thing, the rules package opens the way for Republicans, the Republican committee to investigate everything we want exposed. For instance, the Afghan, Afghanistan pullout debacle. You know, who, who didn't think that up? You know, who didn't give any thought to, to the fact that, hey, you don't pull the military out and then go back for everybody else? Um, and who should be fired for, for that? The big tech censorship, Facebook, Twitter, everybody censoring, censoring things to promote a, a Democrat uh, narrative. COVID school, school closures, COVID mis, fund mismanagement, and yes, the origins of COVID. You know, why did, you know how, did, how did this originate? Who paid for it? How come Anthony Fauci knew it was going to happen? And all those COVID funds, where did all that money go? As we, as we talked about, as we mentioned last week, uh, the Chicago school district, that, uh, school board that said, hey, we're not going back to in, in, uh, in-classroom teaching. And they took all those millions and millions of dollars. And, and what did they do with it? Did they buy laptops for all the kids? Did they uh, create something to make it safer in, in schools? Nah, they gave raises to everybody. They gave bonuses to everybody. And teachers went on, on vacations. Next thing they want, we want to make an investigation on is Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, soon to be impeached, hopefully. And finally, we're going to get a legitimate investigation into Hunter Biden, which means an investigation into Joe Biden. Where does the money go from the sale of Hunter's art? Where does that go? What else, what else don't we know about his business with China? And by business, that obviously means selling Chinese Communist Party access to his vice president father. As we all know, there's a whole new matter attached to this now in the form of classified documents found at Biden's sham think tank and his home. And, uh, you know, Saying Biden in the same sentence with think tank, that's kind of a oxymoron, don't you think? No more naked pictures of Hunter and crack, and crack pipes. We want to get to the bottom of what the big guy was doing, and that means the president. Hopefully that's what we're going to get from this Republican House. Hopefully. Keep your fingers crossed. Also, Kevin McCarthy confirmed this week that he will make good on his promise to remove Adam's steaming pile of Schiff, Eric Swallowell, and Elon Omar Nur Saeed Elmi from their House committees, just like the Democrats kicked Paul Gosar and Marjorie Taylor Greene from their committees. So uh, if you remember, because uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is very outspoken in what she thinks about, she posts on social media, they took her off all of her committee assignments last year, so she couldn't, she couldn't be involved in, in anything. So paybacks are going to be a bitch. Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell, I'm sorry, Swalwell, uh, would be removed from the Intelligence Committee, kind of because you, if you're going to be on the Intelligence Committee, you've got to have some intelligence. And these guys are evil. And, you know, they don't care about what happened or what's happening. They're more concerned with what they want to make you think is happening or has happened. 
and Elon Omar would be kicked off the Foreign Affairs Committee. They also should be invested. They should also put on the investigations list. How did Elon Omar get into the United States? How did she gain citizenship? How is how is it that she did that? And uh, and you realize if you don't remember the story that I covered about three years ago, that uh, basically her name's not Omar. It's Il- It's uh, Nur Syed Elmi. And uh, when the Omars got picked on the uh, immigration lottery, hey, these people applied. The Omars got picked, and they got to bring in 23 of their of their relatives. They didn't have 23, so the so uh, Elon Omar and her family paid the Omars to include her and I believe one of her brothers or her dad. And then the other brother that didn't didn't get on the list uh, went to the United, United Kingdom and later Elon Omar married her brother to get him across the border. Maybe we should have an investigation into that. And why is, why is she so uh, anxious to be on the Foreign Affairs Committee? Maybe because she's so anti-American that... Uh, that she wants to get some payback by infiltrating our, our government and putting forth her agenda. And of course she got, uh, she got kicked off the committees because of how, uh, all of her anti-Semitic remarks and her, and her anti-America remarks that she's openly made. Next McCarthy has vowed to investigate the politicization of the justice department. Hey, remember the justice Remember uh, the symbol for justice, the, uh, Lady Justice has a blindfold on and her scales know that uh, justice is blind to uh, race, creed, color, everything else. They, they see everybody. Everybody is equal in, in, the, in the eyes of the law. Apparently, uh, that was how it used to be back in the Lincoln days. And it used to be until probably uh, Joe Biden became president. Or maybe it started back when, uh, when Obama was president. And Joe Biden was vice president, and they decided to turn the Justice Department into a part of the Democrat Party. Back in August, as he was aggressively campaigning for speaker, McCarthy tweeted to someone we all saw coming out of hiding this week, Attorney General Merrick Garland. He tweeted, Attorney General, preserve your documents and clear your calendar. I've seen enough. The Department of Justice has reached an intolerable state of weaponized politicization. When Republicans take back the House, we will conduct immediate oversight of this department, follow the facts, and leave no stone unturned. So McCarthy is, is, is vowed to keep his promise on that and, and investigate the Justice Department to find, out, to find out, hey, what happened here? Why is justice no longer blind? Why are we just going out, out after Republicans? Why are we going... Why are, and, and just to, to mention one, why did the Justice Department go after all those people that got led into the Capitol on January 6th? We've all seen the videos, the part they didn't do, use for the January 6th committee, where the Capitol Police basically opened the doors and escorted people in. We saw, we saw one video where they actually take them up and down the stairs and show them where, where this department is and where that department is, where the, where the floor of the house meets. And we saw that on video. Yet. They, ha- they arrested 2,000 people and have been, uh, some of them are still in jail. And we know uh, one of our former guests on the show, uh, who's known on social media as Baked Alaska, Tim GNA, just got sentenced to 60 days in jail for uh, misdemeanor or something. And basically, when we talked to him on the phone, he was basically there 
just filming the thing to document it and was being very polite to the Capitol Police and say, hey, let me know if you need me to do anything. And uh, and he's going to spend 60 days in jail uh, for that. So why has the Justice Department chosen this instead of actually going after people that actually break laws? In fact, the Washington Post reports McCarthy was holding training sessions all summer for members and staff to learn how to do investigations. One class was called Oversight Education Series Investigations 101. Hey, you know what? How do you go about, how do you go about this? How do you go from uh, step one to step two to step three? And how do you uh, actually find get to the bottom of things? Hakeem Jeffries, the man who could have ended up becoming speaker if the 20 Never Kevins hadn't changed their votes after 15 rounds, was all sunshine and rainbows in his speech on Friday night before swearing in McCarthy. But once that box was checked, the gloves were off. Our general concern uh, is that the dysfunction that was historic that we saw this week uh, is not at an end, it's just the beginning. What is going to be a problem is if the American people will be held captive over the next two years to the extreme MAGA Republican agenda that apparently has been negotiated into the House rules and the functioning of the Congress. And of course, we've been held captive for the last two years to the, uh, to the uh, Democrat far-left idiocy that we've uh, been experiencing for the last two years. And uh, gladly I'm seeing that uh, McCarthy is actually being tough on this stuff and he's going he's gonna to turn this all around. After the rules package, McCarthy made good on his promise to repeal the funding that would enable the IRS to hire 87,000 new agents. That funding is $80 billion, IRS budget increase over 10 years, which Democrats put in the Inflation Reduction Act, Act that passed in August. Although it was never specified the IRS would hire 87,000 new agents, Republicans got that number from the Treasury Department estimate on how many agents should be hired to maintain IRS efficiency. Uh, IRS efficiency, there's another oxymoron. And uh, maintain, anybody who's had to deal with the IRS in the last few years knows there's no such thing as efficiency when it comes to the IRS. So on Monday, the House passed bill, passed a bill, two, 221 to 210, which is directly on party lines, called the Family and Small Business Taxpayer Protection Act. It rescinded more than $70 billion of that funding to prevent the IRS from hiring those agents to protect Americans from new audits, much to the dismay of Chuck Schumer, who vowed to not let it pass in the Senate. It's absolutely absurd. What the Republicans are doing, plain and simple, is helping their friends, the multimillionaires, the wealthy corporations who pay no taxes uh, from being audited. We're not letting it happen. As someone who looks at people's taxes every day as I'm pre-qualifying people, I'll tell you, it's the wealthy people that do pay the taxes, not the wealthy people that, that don't pay taxes. Next on the Republican docket is a Fair Tax Act, a.k.a. abolish the IRS bill, that would propose a new national consumption tax, something that I've been talking about for years. And, of course, uh, ever since uh, uh, the late Herman Cain suggested the 999, a bold solution, 9% sales tax national, 9% personal tax, and 9% corporate tax that would uh, would keep everybody from, uh, from uh, all the crazy taxation on the rich. And, uh, and in, as I would say, the, the national consumption tax, where you pay on what you spend, would keep no, would make it fair so that nobody's paying 50 or 60 percent of their taxes out to the of their income to the government and nobody's paying zero either. And uh, if you read my book, Experience Matters, Here's Mine, that'll be covered in Chapter 7. And of course, that's available on Amazon and edhoffman.net and, uh, and Apple Books if you want to get on audio. 
So anyway, I'm all out of time for the first half of the main event. So uh, stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, sports, and commercials. And I'll be right back with lots more fun stuff. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. I don't talk a lot about real estate and financing on the radio because if you're not in the market, probably a little boring for you. But uh, if you want to talk to someone about your real estate and financing, you want to talk to someone who thinks like you, as as I mentioned in the first half, if you want to talk to someone who thinks different than most other uh, lenders, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net. Click on the United American Mortgage logo and uh, we'll do the cyber thing. So in the first half, I was talking about the new House of Representatives, the new rules and the new investigations that are going on. So uh, this week, this week we got a, we got a, a new housewarming gift for the new Republican majority in the form of something else to investigate classified documents from his time as vice president, which were being held in a sketchy think tank known as the Penn Biden Center in, in Washington, D.C., an, organi- an organization affiliated with the University of Pennsylvania. And, of course, we found out that those were discovered in November and before the election, and then they, then three weeks later they found some more in uh, Biden's garage. And then, of course... We found out uh, earlier this week they found one. They found another batch somewhere in his house. So Biden has been doing the same thing his administration is hell bent on punishing Trump for hiding classi- classified documents on his property. The difference is Trump was the president of the United States. He had the ability to declassify things, and he had the ability to to take things out of the White House. Joe Biden was the vice president this time, and he didn't have that authority. So how did he? How was he able to take those things out without technically breaking the law? And of course, the rest of the question is is to the security of them because these are classified documents, top secret stuff uh, that affect that our government deemed to be classified that these couldn't be discussed anywhere. In Trump's case, there was also an FBI raid of his personal residence at Mar-a-Lago. But all Joe Biden has to do is set up a fake think tank with his name on it, store the documents at that location of said think tank, and everything looks above board until it doesn't. Plus, we know Biden had documents at his home, too, now. The documents were discovered by Biden's lawyers on November 2nd, six days before the election, as they cleaned out his private office at the Penn Biden Center. And uh, that brings up a lot of questions. Question number one. Why were his lawyers cleaning his office? You know, when I cleaned out my office in my uh, building that was on the 60 freeway, uh, when I sold it, I had my staff clean it out. And my personal office, I had my assistant clean out. And, uh, and when she found a document she wasn't sure about, she put on a pile for me to go through and say, do we need to save this? We don't need to save it. And then it went to a, and then if it didn't need to be saved, 90, 90% of it went to a shredder not to just throw in the trash. Um, and then 
those things got got transported by me to where they needed to go unless they were uh, not something that was high uh, highly highly um secret and those went to storage so why were his lawyers i can't think of anybody more expensive to clean out your office than your lawyers what 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 was it what was the concern there question number 2 why did this six, this happen 6 days before the election day in the midterms and of course, why did we not hear about it till two months later? That's the other question. Now, why, why was it happening right before the midterms? Was there a concern that something that happened in the midterms might create an issue for the Bidens? We don't know these questions. Question number three. We all know these documents have sensitive information on Ukraine and Iran. We also know that there's sensitive information in, on the UK, which likely means information on the phony steel dossier used to start the Russia hoax. So question four, what is the Penn Biden Center and why is it closing? Hmm. As usual, at least some of the answers can be found on Hunter Biden's laptop, which was a, they call it the, the, the laptop from hell. Probably, probably a big gift, big gift to America in that now that Republicans are in control, this may bring uh, light to lots and lots of stuff that that we as Americans didn't think was going on in our government. You know, you like to, you you know that there's third world countries out there that that have uh, all this weird stuff going on, and you know we donate money to these countries, and it somehow never gets to the people because the governments are taking it and just uh, creating lavish lifestyles for themselves. Uh, as we saw when we went into uh, Iraq and went into the palace of Saddam Hussein and see what, what glorious things he was living in while his people starved. So now with that laptop, it brings, it brings light to everything going on in the government. And of course, if, if uh, Trump didn't say we need to drain the swamp, you know, uh, now, we're, now we're seeing it unfold in front of us. So uh, in April 2016, Hunter exchanged emails with a talent agent named Craig Gehring about possible plans for Joe Biden post-vice presidency which included a possible office for Hunter and, quote, wealth creation. Gehring outlined to Hunter some options for Papa Joe, such as having a, so a school of public policy at the University of Delaware be renamed for him, or opening the Biden Institute of Foreign Relations at the University of Pennsylvania, an Ivy League school. Then Gehring wrote, in addition to the Institute at University of Pennsylvania, the school has existing office in, in Washington, D.C. that will be expanded to house the D.C. office for Vice President Biden and Mike, Hunter, and Steve. We know who Hunter is. Who's Steve, Steve and Michael? Steve, Steve Reschetti, Biden's White House counsel, and Michael Carpenter, Biden's European advisor. And, uh, and we, we know that all three of these guys, Joe Biden, Hunt, and Steve and Mike, and also we don't know about Hunter, but they were all getting... It, all getting uh, salaries from the Biden Penn Center, uh, Michael uh, Carpenter, $208,000 a year. And then we go on as, uh, as uh, Gehring says, operates like a Clinton global initiative without the money raise. And under the same bullet, Gehring simply wrote wealth creation. So what did he mean by that? You know, what we call the Clinton Foundation renamed to the Clinton global initiative uh, to make it sound more like they're actually doing something. 
but it's created for wealth creation. So people donate to these to these nonprofits thinking they're donating to a to a cause that they believe in or hey, we're we're donating to the Clinton Global Initiative because we know Bill and Hillary Clinton are flying around the flying around the the world and and trying to make a difference in other countries as well as the United States. And of course, what do they do with it? They create salaries for themselves. And uh, we know that they they took uh, Chelsea Clinton right out of college, no experience, and gave her a $900,000 a year uh, salary. So uh, when you think about when you think about uh, nonprofit organizations, the nonprofit organizations are tax free because they're nonprofit. Doesn't mean the people running them are nonprofit. All they got to do is make sure that the money comes in and the money goes out, and the company makes no profit. The people that start them, on the other hand, that's a different story. He also paid $80,000 to Anthony Blinken, who also had a position there. He's now the Secretary of State. This is the same. This is, uh, this is not some normal vice president's library like the presidents get. Hunter replied on the email, Yes, in theory. That's the way I'd like to see it shake out. But please keep this very confidential between us, because nothing has been set in stone, and there's still a lot of sensitivity around us. Remember, this is 2016. The last year that Obama was president and the last year that Biden was vice president. So they have to figure out wealth creation. So uh, let's go back to Joe Biden in the Senate for all those years. He was known as the, as the senator with the lowest net worth of anybody in the Senate. So he never made any money, wasn't smart enough to do anything that, that created wealth. He just got into, got into the Senate and spent his years, years there sponging off the, gut, off the taxpayers. So now that he's going to go out of the vice president's office, and we know that we know that once he became the vice president, he was a peddling influence, like through uh, putting Hunter Biden on the on the board of directors at Burisma, a gas company in the Ukraine, and making sure that we gave uh, we gave uh, uh, money to the country of Ukraine, and it would be funneled back through uh, Burisma through Hunter, and Hunter would split, give half his paycheck to Pops. So now as 2017 is, is coming up, we got to figure a new way for, uh, for Biden to bring in wealth so he can share it with Hunter. In 2017, Joe Biden signed with Gehring's agency, the CAA, better known as the Creative, Arti- Creative Artists Agency, which represents Hollywood actors and musicians. Why was a former vice president signing with a Hollywood talent agent? Hmm, this seems peculiar, doesn't it? This needs to be investigated. In 2018, some of Gehring's proposals started to materialize for his client. The University of Delaware renamed its School of Public Policy after Biden. As for the University of Pennsylvania, the Biden Institute of Foreign Relations instead became the Penn-Biden Center. As for the center being like the Clinton Global Initiative without raising money, that was hardly true. So as the Washington Free Beacon reported this week, UPenn raised a lot of money after the Biden, Biden Center opened, and it was all donated by, surprise, surprise, China. Hmm. All this, uh, all this, all this, uh, all this great think tank is being, is being funded by our, our, biggest, uh, our biggest competition in the world and our biggest threat in the world, China. From the Beacon, Foreign donations to the University of Pennsylvania more than tripled in two years after the think tank opened, with most of the $61 million coming in from China. Some of these donations were funneled through a Hong Kong shell company called 
Nice famous corporation. Yeah, that sounds legit. Nice famous uh, corporation. What did the Chinese government get for all that money? For one, the opportunity to be left off the Penn Biden Center's list of threats to the liberal international order, which instead focuses on on Russia. No need to mention China as a threat to the U.S. when they're pouring $61 million into the university that's enriching the Bidens. Hmm, Joe Biden didn't mention that in this plug for the center. I hope the Penn-Biden Center will be established as a place where policymakers here at home and abroad will know they can be in touch with some of the best minds in the country and debate and formulate American foreign policy. Oh, is that how people come up with American foreign policy? I thought that was kind of done in the house on the floor of the House of Representatives. I thought that's where it was. No, leave it to Joe Biden. Joe Biden's going to open up this center and where the greatest minds in the country will come together and, uh, and de- debate foreign policy and make new policy for the country. That just seems, uh, and who's going to fund all that? China. Hmm. Does that put a little conflict of interest with the president of the United States being funded by China and having to make foreign policy with China? Is that why he doesn't act tough on China? I don't know. Common sense, common sense would, uh, have you, uh, questioning these things. Next, the Penn Biden Center ensured that the Chinese Communist Party would remain close to the Biden family. And now it's not just Hunter. On H's laptop, there's an email from UPenn international relations professor to Naomi Biden, Hunter's 29-year-old daughter, who recently became an attorney. Dear Naomi, I'm writing you tonight to invite you to take part in a major conference in China at the end of March. I've been asked to help recruit a prominent young leader. They, the Chinese government, will fly you business class and provide you all your accommodations. I don't think it would surprise you that they are interested in you thanks to your family name. I would not take offense at that. It's truly the Chinese way. And frankly, better you than that dolt Tiffany Trump. Which, uh, Tiffany Trump is the same age as as, uh, Naomi, and she too just became an attorney. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know if this seems... uh, Seems uh, like it's a conflict of interest, but you know what? The Chinese are in, are uh, are interested in in young Naomi Biden. Of course, it didn't take long for every major network to assure America that hiding classified documents at the Penn Biden Center is nothing like Trump taking documents to Mar-a-Lago. That office had been used by Joe Biden after he left the vice presidency, but before he became the president. And they, the, the White House says the papers were discovered the day before the midterm election and were turned over immediately. We are told that uh, there are only a handful of these classified documents. How significant is it that these documents were self-reported, voluntarily turned over? I think the self-reporting here is probably the single most important part of this situation. Uh, it indicates a lack of intentional conduct. It's completely different from the Mar-a-Lago case. Yeah, it's completely different from the Mar-a-Lago case. You know, it, uh, President Trump had had the authority to do that. President Trump had the authority to to declassify these things. President Trump, they knew those things were there. In fact, the Secret Service guards that residence, and as well, the Secret Service told him he needed to put a lock on the on the closet that they're stored in. They knew where where they were. They knew where they were stored. They told him that he needed to put a padlock on it. And they put a padlock on it. But, you know, it's what's important is intent. 
is the intent, but the vice president didn't have the authority to take classified documents out of the White House. Hmm, that's not important. Seems like it would seems like it would be if it were you or me. Question five. Since the Penn Biden Center didn't open until 2018, where were the docs for a whole year and who moved them there? Where were they? They got out of the White House somehow. And then they were moved to somewhere by someone. And these classified documents were accessible to who? And then in 2018, they put them in the Penn Biden Center. And of course, we don't know who had access to them there. Question six. This one we know the answer to. Where was Biden in the final weeks of his vice presidency? We know he was in Ukraine. Why? That we don't know. But we do know that some of the classified documents concerned Ukraine. So, hmm, what was going on there? He's getting ready to not be vice president. He's getting ready to create some, uh, create some wealth creation through uh, some, some form. He's, he's pulling classified documents out of the White House that he didn't have the authority to move. And where did he put them for a year until the Penn Biden Center opened? That seems peculiar. Question seven. Why did the University of Pennsylvania president, Amy Gutman, just retire from the university last year, awarded with the dream job of becoming U.S. ambassador to Germany? Probably because she knows the source of the $61 million in donations to the university came from China, thanks to the Biden's cozy relationship with the Chinese Communist Party. So, hey, you know what? Don't stay at the University of Pennsylvania where they might ask you questions at some point. Let's give you, let's make you an ambassador to, to Germany, which apparently is a cushy job. That's how you reward people that uh, do favors for you. And they give you a cushy job so you don't really have to do anything and you still get a paycheck from the government. On Tuesday, the Three Amigos Summit in Mexico, reporter asked Biden about the classified documents, and he just happened to have this prepared statement ready. People know I take classified uh, documents and classified information seriously. When my lawyers were clearing out my office at the University of Pennsylvania, they set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol, when I, the four years after being vice president, I was a professor at Penn. Uh, they found some documents in a box, in a locked cabinet, or at least a closet. And as soon as they did, they realized there were several classified documents in that box. I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. But I don't know what's in the documents. I've turned over the boxes. They've turned over the boxes to the archives, and we're cooperating fully. Were they a box, or were they a locked cabinet, or were they in a closet? Were they locked, or were they not? I don't know who, I don't know who moved them there. I didn't know what's in the boxes. Come on. Come on. Hey. Hey, uh, we just found out that you have some classified documents in, in your possession. You moved them to your center. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be there. What would be the first question you'd ask? I would, first thing I'd say, what were the documents? No, if I didn't know they were there, what were they? Come on. I didn't know. My, my lawyers told me not to ask. Yeah, but they mentioned, they mentioned to you that they found them. And the first thing you did was talk to your lawyer before you said, what documents? What were they? I'm just going to call BS on all this stuff. And how did they get there? You weren't the president of the United States. You didn't have authority to take them out. Question number eight. What's in the batch? On Wednesday, it was reported Biden's lawyers found more classified documents, but they found them on November 20th. 
Why did we just hear about him now? So when they brought up the fact they found him at the Penn Biden Center, Biden made his statement, but he already knew they'd found another batch at his house in a second location, which on Thursday, you know, on Wednesday, we didn't know that. We didn't know that where that second location was. On Thursday, it was revealed to be his garage uh, at at Biden's Delaware home. On Thursday, Fox's Peter Ducey asked about this. Classified classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So but anyway, was in a garage. yes, as well as my Corvette. Yeah, well, hey, I've got a Corvette. I drove it to the to the uh, uh, studio this morning to to record this show. And uh, if you follow me on Facebook, um, you see that I took a picture of my Corvette in my locked garage uh, with the door down, and then I pushed the garage door opener, and all of a sudden it was no longer secure and no longer locked. And of course, if I happen to uh, go out to my car and remember that I forgot my sunglasses in the house and I run in the house, all of a sudden it's not even being watched over. And how many people open up their garage and leave them open because they're going to go wash the car or they, or they're doing something in the yard or something. How many people just leave their garage open? Oh yeah. But, and how many people had access to it? We know that hunters Hunter was living there. So when the Biden, when, uh, when Joe and Jill aren't there, how many parties did uh, did Hunter hold at their at their house? How many people just wander at, into that locked garage from the unlocked door that comes from the house into the garage? It might be locked from the outside, but it's not locked, locked from the inside. So then uh, Thursday afternoon, Karine Jean Pierre held a pointless briefing where she repeatedly said he takes he takes the classified documents very seriously. She said it about two dozen times, and I'll say that uh, when I when I when I do loans, and before the, before the, uh, before the uh, automated underwriting came out and before FICO scores were out, we just had to make people look, look honorable. So when their credit report had a bunch of problems, we would do credit explanation letters. And, of course, I, had, I have a, uh, uh, a way I put them together. Number one, this is what happened. This is why it wasn't this is why it was beyond my beyond my control. This is what I did to to uh, fix it and uh, and why it won't ever happen again. And of course, I take my financial obligations very seriously and thank you for your consideration of this loan. That's how I did all my credit explanation letters. So now we hear Kareen Jean Pierre saying, hey, he takes classified documentation very seriously, and we're going to get to the root of it. Also on Thursday, perhaps aware that he's about to be under investigation by the new Republican Congress, Merrick Garland finally did his job by announcing the appointment of special counsel Robert Hurd to get to the bottom of this. And he announced that the discovery of the third doc- batch of documents at Biden's residence. So there's a first, first batch in the Penn Biden Center. There's a second batch in the garage of his locked garage next to his Corvette. And there's a third batch inside the house. On the evening of November 4th, 2022, the National Archives Office of Inspector General contacted a prosecutor at the Department of Justice. It informed him that the White House had notified the archives that documents bearing classification markings were identified at the office of the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement located in Washington, D.C. That office was not authorized for storage of classified documents. 
On November 9th, the FBI commenced an assessment consistent with standard protocols to understand whether classified information had been mishandled in violation of federal law. On December 20th, President Biden's personal counsel informed Mr. Lausch that additional documents bearing classification markings were identified in the garage of the president's private residence in Wilmington, Delaware. President Biden's counsel informed Mr. Lausch that those documents were among other records from the period of the president's service as vice president. On January 5th, 2023, Mr. Lausch briefed me on the results of his initial investigation and advised me that further investigation by a special counsel was warranted. I concluded that under the special counsel regulations, it was in the public interest to appoint a special counsel. In the days since, the department identified Mr. Herr for appointment as special counsel. This morning, President Biden's personal counsel called Mr. Lausch and stated that an additional document bearing classification markings was identified at the president's personal residence in Wilmington, Delaware. Wow, Joe Biden, the gift that keeps on giving. And of course, Merrick Garland, you know he didn't want to he didn't want to appoint a special counsel, but he didn't have any choice. He didn't have any choice. The the media is all over this stuff, and you know what? Maybe just getting the house was enough to start seeing some paybacks in the two years before we take back the White House. Hey, anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event, so stay tuned for for lots, lots more in the coming weeks. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you next week.